Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Yetta, I'm really angry. And I'm... Is that because I'm sad? No. Okay. I'm angry because I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Okay, so welcome to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And we're excited because together we get to share techniques, thoughts, tools, tips, and tactics on how to make the most out of our real estate. And it's really stuff that we all need, we all deserve. You, I, everyone. So we can turn our house into home where our families thrive and we live the best life possible. <laughs> and so sad, angry, we're like all over the place. And what you're going to learn in this episode is that sometimes, especially when we're dealing with the big stressors in life, and one of them is real estate buying and selling, and it's usually accompanied with one of the others, that if we can get some language and some words to our emotions and our feelings, it can help us navigate with yes. them. Because like it or not, buying or selling tends to be an emotional decision. Even the people that say it's not. <laughs> it is. Because there's... They're in denial. Right. <laughs> and there'll be different degrees of emotion, depending on whether you're somebody that primarily works from logic or somebody that primarily works from emotion. So it's not the same for everyone. Mm. I used to think... I wrap myself out. I do that a lot. When in the early days of real estate, I would tell people affinitive ways that would happen for them. Like everybody's going to have the feeling that this is the right house until I met Mr. Engineer who after a hundred homes, yeah, it was a hundred homes, <laughs> never felt good about any house that we looked at, but the numbers worked or it was the right checklist was filled out, the spreadsheet fulfilled properly at the finally. And so not everybody's gonna be all gooey about the house they gooey. buy. What yeah, kind of gooey. Is, is that an, is that a good term for emotions? A gooey <laughs> I feel a little no. gooey around this one. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody's gonna have the same gushiness. How's that? Gushy. Okay, another good word. Okay. <laughs> Gushy well, and gooey. <laughs> okay. So the idea is to find words that help us to identify what, what's up for us. And also the idea is that we won't all feel it the same way. And that's okay. I totally get that. Okay. So even some of my words clearly are not resonating yeah, with Mr. And so, Decker. And, you know, some of our clients really acknowledge the stress and the emotions that they're feeling, you know, mm -hmm. like... Recently, one of my clients said they, they're not sleeping at night. I know. Their, their stomach is upset. They're not eating well. They're, they're going to go see the doctor because they had no idea that the idea of selling their home that they're in or mm -hmm. even keeping it as a rental and buying another property. That suits them now. Well, that suits them and suits where their children or her child wants to go to school um, because they have big plans. You know, and that emotion is eating at her. Mm -hmm. And so she's going to go to the doctor and get some help with it. And I think sometimes when we can put language to our emotions, 
that we're way further ahead about sharing them, controlling them. There's a, there's a saying that a burden shared is a burden halved. Mm-hmm. And if you can't put language to what's going on inside you, I think that's why sometimes our granddaughter would have temper tantrums because she couldn't get the language to explain what she was mm-hmm. feeling and just felt, I don't know, trapped. Trapped. Trapped in her own being. Yeah. yeah. And that's an awful thing when it happens for one of our clients or for our <laughs> grandkid for that matter. But it's even worse when you feel it in an adult because I don't know about you, but I can often feel that it's happening for somebody, but how can you help them navigate it? Mm. And one of the books that we've been talking a lot about over the past six, seven months is The Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. And one of the things in the survey that she did, surveyed thousands and thousands of people, and most people could only quickly name three core emotions, angry, sad, Happy. That's why we demonstrated angry, sad at the beginning and then moved <laughs> into Because I really happy. wasn't angry. And Yetta told me, don't you dare smile while you're saying you're angry. Which <laughs> That is, was tough to do a, a stern look. Right. Because typically Ken <laughs> will say, I'm so mad. With a big smile on his face. That's really awesome. And in reality of our life, though, if the only thing we can be is happy, sad, and angry... That's not enough enough to help us identify what's going on for us when we're buying a home or selling a home or any other big stressor. Because when we're buying and selling, as I mentioned earlier, often we're also dealing with the birth of a baby, which is a great thing, except Mm -hmm. it's called sleeplessness and it's got lots of anxiety associated with it, whether it's in the pregnancy Oh, it's so fun to work with pregnant women to find out because they're nesting. They they want a place. (laughs) Yeah. Like I have one family, I love, love, love them and they're now settled, which is great. But we started, we looked for well over a year before they found something, but finally... She was pregnant. The baby was about to be born. And it was like, we have to know where we're going before this baby's born because she just needed to know. And so those stressors, being able to talk them out, being, ha- being, giving them space to be what they are without getting fixated on them. It's not about getting sucked into the vortex, but it is about acknowledging what's coming up because this is life. Real estate is. Um, one of the most fascinating things that we could ever come alongside somebody to journey with, because it's not just about the money. It's not just about the family. It's not just about a place to live. It's not just about our preferences. It's not just about our emotions. It's about all of it. Everything to do with life seems to be encompassed inside a real estate move, whether it's a buyer or sell. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking, wow, you guys are stressing me out right now, <laughs> a consult may be a great idea. Like, do you sell it or do you keep it? Like a seller or consult, sell it all. Or, right? That's what I said. Sell it or keep it. Yeah. But you could keep it and buy another property. You could. But I'm saying you might decide, mm-hmm. it, I don't, you know, and, and the, I don't have the emotional capacity to move right now. Then don't do it. Because I'm, you know, and sometimes... The unfortunate part is sometimes people don't have the emotional capacity, but it's because the existing house is causing that and they have to move. It might be a financial stress. Mm-hmm. It might be a death of a family member. It might be a transfer uh, to another city for your job. It might be financially mm-hmm. because you've lost your job. 
Sometimes we have to stand side by side with people who are an emotional wreck, so to speak, mm -hmm. and hold their hand. And their heart. Yeah, Because that's gently. really what needs to be held. Yeah. And, and then help them through the transactional part to move them on to the next chapter of their life. Yeah, because just because it's hard doesn't mean you don't have to navigate it. And mm. so it is easier to navigate, though, when you can regulate the emotions. And it's easier to regulate the emotions when you can put words to them. So we don't want to be all gushy-mushy, as Ken said, <laughs> my favorite words there. I think marshmallows, like those chocolate-covered marshmallows that kind of gush and mush when you bite into them when you say that. <laughs> okay. And yet it's part of the journey. It's part of the buying, selling, and investor journey. Even investor goes through this stuff, right? Like it's not just the homeowner. That's right. That's right. And we're so grateful that we get to be your advocates in moving forward together in wealth, wisdom, and work. I didn't come this far to just come this far. Maybe you did. Oh, Ooh. So we're excited that we've created for you free access to over 503 Life's Inside Track episodes where we share techniques, insider tips, really how to get the most out of your home and your life and even your wealth. And the great news is you get access to them from home, from the office, or on the go. So here's what's interesting. This is actually really interesting. What we're going to explore is sometimes... You think you've gone too far to not go the other way. Mm, it's kind of like the in for a penny, in for a pound. Exactly. Saying, right? And I've said that a hundred times more. I'm, I'm all in. I'm there. I'm here. So if I come this far, I'm going to finish it. If I have a dream, I don't want to sh stop short of my dream. I've invested too much to not follow through. So how do we know when it is time? to let go of that. Like I've seen and helped people with their finances where a business dragged them down oh, to bankruptcy. Know. You know, yeah. like the business was failing, but they kept putting all their money in. They pulled money out of their RSPs, which would have been protected to support the business. Yeah. And then they borrowed money on the house to protect the business. And then at some point the business killed their finances. And they have well, their, and everything else. Well, they lost everything. Yeah. And sometimes it wrecks the marriage. Yeah. So at what time do is it say, how do we know? How do we know to pull the plug? How do we know it's okay? How do we set up language like in that book called The Leadership is Language? How do we set up the precursing language that it's okay to pull the emergency brake, the pull on the bus, you know, the, the, the locks mm -hmm. in the brakes or whatever. How do we know when it's okay to pull that? I think the only way we can have some sense of it is if we actually predetermine what that might look like. Ah. Right. And so in one of the other episodes and segments that we've done, well, probably in quite a few of them, we talked a fair bit in detail about preparedness, no, and prepared to what your walk away. What does it look like? Whereas if you haven't thought about it, you just keep getting pulled in and pulled in mm -hmm. and pulled in. And just recently... It's like an addiction. It is, it is like an addiction. And recently for us, we bought a property in Mexico. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it wasn't going well. It was a really, we're going to talk a little bit more about this in the next month or so in, yeah, just because we think there's some value here process when it doesn't work, that's a big deal. And so it almost caused us not to follow through, which is another conversation for another day. But in advance, we had talked about what's the number that we're willing to go to? Mm -hmm. What's the number that's like, we're not going over. How long are we willing to go on this journey? At what point is it just evidence that this is not the right place for us? Yeah, and one that we offered on prior to that, they weren't responding in a timely fashion. And at some point you go, okay, that's enough. We're out. And in advance, we kind of knew that our timeline in that particular case was three weeks. Mm -hmm. If it was over three weeks, we're out. Because we can't have to fight that hard for something that was supposed to be enjoyable. Well, and something that they were supposed to want to sell, so they should give us a response. Right. When it's on the market a year, I'm thinking that's an indicator. So looking at what does it look like for you? Like, what is your parameters? Because I can give you our examples, but I can't give you what yours ought to be. But the things you want to think about is how long are you willing to go? What's the maximum amount of money? What conditions are you willing to let go of? What conditions aren't you willing to let go of? What terms are flexible? What terms aren't flexible? And then in terms of the actual house, what are the must, must, must haves that are very weighty? And what are the nice to haves that we ought to let go of? Yeah. And sometimes like you do a home inspection, for instance, and some Mm -hmm. things come up and you go, Ooh, am I willing to still buy the house or do I call it quits on this house? Yes. I've put some money into an inspection and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I ask for some of concessions? Do I ask for some money off? Do I ask for certain things to be repaired? Do I accept certain things? There's always, every house is going to have some things that need to be maintained or repaired or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at some point you got to have that cutoff line where you say, okay, even if I've lost my $500 for the inspection, it's actually a good thing because the inspection was designed as insurance that I'm buying the right house for me, the right property that mm-hmm. isn't going to cost me an arm and a leg to maintain. Right. The question I constantly ask myself through this process and any other process is, can I still walk away? If I make this decision, whatever it is, to invest extra money or to do the next phase, will I still be prepared if it's wise? Can I still walk away? And as soon as I feel like emotionally I'm so invested that I can't walk away, that's when I'm going to get some support. I'm going to get some people around me that can be my voice of reason. So you said, what are the ways? Mm. Having a great person, third party that isn't emotionally invested. Like it can't really be Ken for me. It can't be my partner. So when it came to this property in Mexico, we had a couple of people that we let in on the inside said, these are the things, like when you hear my language start to change and like, I got to have this place. When that kind of stuff starts to come out of my mouth, you know that's not me. You know that that's emotion talking and not reason. Mm-hmm. Versus if you can ask me the question, and you're welcome to ask me this question, can you walk away if you determine it's a bad idea? Yeah. 
Can you say that the money was a good investment to find out that it was a bad idea and I'm out? Right. It's it's a mindset. It's understanding the reason for that inspection or or whatever the case may be. There's always, there's a point of no return. Yeah. And we write up our contracts. Typically, if we put conditions in, you've got a week, 10 days, whatever. There's a point that you can back away. But once you fulfill those conditions, it's the point of no return. You're to close on it. My daughter, uh, coming up on 15 years or just, yeah, yeah we're right years. 15 years, she's been married. But I remember distinctly in the back of the church, in the room where you sit with the father and the, and the bride, and we're waiting for everybody to be ready and prepared and moved in. And we're standing there. And she's shaking a little bit. And I said to Candace, I said, Candace, you can not go through with this right now. This is your tipping point. You can go not go through it. I said, I don't care about the money that was spent on the wedding. I don't care about the embarrassment. I don't care about the people there. I don't even care about your fiance sitting at the front, what he's going to do. I don't care. This is your chance to say, I'm out. But if we walk down that aisle, it's for life. And you've made a commitment. And so I think I shook her up because she could barely walk down the aisle. She said, no, I want to do it. I want to do it. I go, okay. And she was holding my arm so hard, almost tipped me over to to make it down the aisle. That's that's the tipping point. That's your turning point. Exactly. And when it comes to real estate, it may not be quite that dramatic. (laughs) And yet, even when somebody's typed an offer, you've asked me to type the offer, you've done your inspections, you're all in. But just before you release that unconditional offer, because once you release the unconditional offer, it's yours. Or it could be yours. Say no. Like, don't worry about the time invested until you've said a solid yes. Meaning you've signed the final document, you can still say no. Yeah. Thanks for the privilege of growing alongside you because we're passionate about us all being positioned for generational legacy. Yet is it a good thing to get nostalgic? It can be. And it could also cause you to get really sick. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. We'll talk about that in a minute. And right now we're going to say we're thrilled that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you, both in your finances, in your fun, in your flourishing of your relationships, really just making the most out of your home, which is pretty exciting. And so when we think it is exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, 30 years, I was getting nostalgic around helping people for 30 years. (laughs) Over 30 years. And so we, we're going to explore a little bit in this one, the impact of being nostalgic and whether it can work for us or work against us. And the reason we're going to open it up is we didn't know until recently that like nostalgia was actually treated. Yeah, it was considered a, a, a psychiatric disease or mm-hmm. it needed to be treated. They actually had shock treatment. Mm-hmm. To try and knock nostalgia out of people. And people that went to war, it was punishable with death if they spoke about their homeland and being homesick because that was nostalgia. Right. And it could, it could turn the morale in the troops 
right around and make them lose the war. Which is wild, right? Yeah. And so when it comes to real estate, we're thinking, how does that all connect? Well, sometimes we get so connected to the house that either got away, so we put on rose-colored glasses after that. Like, I've got more than one client. I can tell you way too many stories, especially in the early days. Now I work really hard not to let one get away, like the house get Mm -hmm. away that shouldn't Mm -hmm. get away, because that house is going to have some nostalgia attached to it because it was the one that we should have had. Yeah. Right? And so you put on different colored glasses. It's rose-colored. You remember it better than it was. You get connected to it in a way. It was never that nice, actually. But if you really want for the thing, Mm -hmm. it can get out of control. Yes. And our mind can really play tricks on us. Like, Mm -hmm. they're, well... Your your mom, for instance, when yeah. she immigrated to Canada, mm-hmm. Denmark was so great and wonderful. It was the best place in the world. And I can't believe we came to this country. And I don't know how many years she was here before she went back to Denmark. And then when eight, she... Se- eight. Se- seven, yeah. eight years. She was mm-hmm. pining for home mm-hmm. for all those years. And when she finally mm-hmm. went back... It went horrible, and she realized, oh, my goodness, Canada's way better than what it was. And she ended up coming back because the nostalgia wasn't true. She made things better than they actually were because she was missing it. And that, yeah, very true, and it happens with houses. Like, I just, it blows my mind because when we were first researching this, we weren't thinking this is real estate applicable. (laughs) And then it was like, oh my, when somebody says to me, you know, the house that I'm selling, because if you're leaving one city coming to another city, then that's harder to let go because you don't really want to move. So then that house gets better and better and better than it really is. Well, we did the same thing. We moved for opportunity back when we first got married. You came to Ottawa before I did. We were newlyweds and we spent well, we were close to six months apart because you were in Ottawa. I was in Kingston. Yeah. Or Kingston. Kingston Kitchener. Uh-huh. It starts with a K. It's, a K. it's pretty close. It's a K word. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And then we moved here together. And for the first nine, ten years, all I wanted to do was get an, another job back in Barrie, our hometown. Move back to what was familiar. Move back to family. And it took 10 years till we actually got a church family, which then made Ottawa feel home. Right. Yeah. You're silent. Did I, did I make you go silent? Well, he, you know, he doesn't often make me go silent, but every so often, because we can, <laughs> I can get emotional thinking about the trauma that that was for us. And I can also get emotional thinking about the trauma that it is for my clients Yeah, when they get attached to something that really isn't often, and you can't really say that to somebody, you know, that's not as good as you think it is anyway, <laughs> like just forget about it. It's not that good. And yet that is what tends to happen. And even if it was wonderful, if you can't any longer have it because it doesn't make sense to have it, then there is a sense of it's time to move on and how do we reconnect? So Mm. one of the big things is thinking about your current and what lies ahead rather than what lies behind. Yeah, and That will lessen the power of nostalgia. Yes. And the consult will go a long ways because during that consult, it's not just transactional. We want to know, like, what's what's behind the move? What's 
what's the emotion? What's the goals? What's, mm-hmm. what's the future? Because then when it becomes hard to do or hard to release the old home, we can go back to, well, here's the reason you're doing this and bring that emotion down to a controllable level. Right. And if you really shouldn't be doing it, we'll let you that's know. going to be clear. <laughs> well, we never tell you what to do. Like I think sometimes on these episodes, we make it sound like we tell you what to do. We never tell you what to do. But what we are pulling out is what are your options? And then we may be asking the tougher questions to make sure that you are committed, not just interested in the, the path that you want to take. Like, are you committed to that path? Cause why put yourself through the turmoil of half a move and not actually ever get moved? Oof. Like it's like, well, I have had that happen. I know where someone got their house ready, yeah, painted and, it, renovated right. it, tidied it up, got rid of all the excess junk. And when they were done, they said, you know what? We're in love with our house again. We're going to stay. We don't need to move. And that's not a bad thing. Like that's the, (laughs) see again, not so far in that you can't turn the clock and stop it. Yeah. Now, one of the nostalgias that's really tough for us to help you overcome Mm. is when you see a great property and you love it, and maybe you even put an offer in a, but someone outbid you on it. Then every home after that, you're comparing to the one that got away. And the problem is, it got away. It's gone. You need to forget it because <laughs> it's no longer available. Maybe in five or 10 years when they think of selling it again, you may be able to buy it. But for right now, it's off the market. Right. And as long as you keep comparing to it, you're actually never going to find one that, that satisfies. That's why I really upset a lot of men. Because when I took you off the market, oh my all of their hearts were broken. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I, th- <laughs> I wish this is one of those times where I wish we could actually edit. And we can't edit because we don't we edit record. our shows. We record from start to finish. And so when it comes to real estate, let's just stay <laughs> in a safe zone. It's really essential, as Ken mentioned, to forget about the one that got away and Paint a really clear picture of the one you want. Refocus on what are the must-haves and what are the few nice-to-haves and move toward that. I mean, we've had to do it how many times? Yeah, and you know what? Many times when we get another house, the person will say, you know what? Now that I'm in it, this one's even better than the one that got away. Exactly. So we're honored to be your advocates on the journey of wealth building, legacy, and life through good real estate and life choices. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward.